My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Tim Melly Talk. Bangkok, oriental city, and the city don't know what the city is getting. The creme de la creme of the chess world in a show with everything but you, Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another live edition of Tim Melly Talk. I'm your host, Artis Tahari. Really glad that you can join us. And for this edition of Tio Mele Talk, we'll be talking about the 2020 Asian U23 Championship that will be taking place in Thailand. The tournament starts on January 9th. And my guests once again today, Sahand Salari, expert Iranian football analyst and also specializing in Iran's youth and um, under-23 players. Sahand, welcome back to Tio Mele Talk. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Art. Pleasure to be on again. All right, let's just get right to it. When we look back at the last time um, Iran's U23 team made it, uh, played in this tournament, they lost in the quarterfinals to Japan 3-0 in extra time. That's when the tournament was in Qatar. But first, let's take a look at this group. Iran is grouped in uh, Iran has been placed in Group C. And they are in the same group with Uzbekistan, South Korea, and China. And these games will be played on January 9th against Uzbekistan, January 12th against South Korea, and January 15th against China. All these games we played in a city called Songkhla. Okay, my question for you, Sahand, is how difficult will it be for Iran to advance to the knockout stage from this group? I think it's going to be a very difficult uh, task for this team because, you know, the opposition is very strong, as you mentioned. South Korea have a really strong team. They're probably one of the favorites to win the, the uh, whole thing. Uh, they won the Asian Games not that long ago with the same group of players, although they had some overage players in that tournament. I think China have improved from before uh, previous editions of their Olympic team. They're definitely physically a lot stronger. And uh, Uzbekistan have been probably one of the most consistent uh, U23 teams in Asia. And even a few m- months ago, I guess last year, they gave our senior team a pretty hard time in a friendly match in Tehran. So they definitely have uh, you know, a lot of physical qualities, and they can be a big, uh, tough matchup for our team too. So definitely there's three tough opponents, so uh, it's going to be difficult for our team. I'm pretty sure everyone is on the same page in saying that that first game against Uzbekistan is quite possibly, um, I would say the make or break game, right? I mean, a win, definitely giving uh, giving yourselves a good... If a win would give Iran's team a good shot at getting to the knockout phase, but I feel like a tie, even, of course, a loss, you know, pretty much we know it was a disaster, but even a tie, I feel like, would just make it that much more difficult. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, I think that, especially for this team that uh, has had really kind of iffy results in the preparation and there's been a lot of uncertainties you know three coaches have taken over this team in the space of a year with Cranchar, Majidi and now um, Estili so I think losing a game that early it would be really difficult you know for them to get results against South Korea and China so definitely I think the first game is going to be crucial and, um, yeah, it's going to, I mean, a win, I think the confidence would really be high. And, uh, but a loss, I think, would probably be the end of it, right, as it started. 
And you mentioned the co- the coaching situation. And as we know, Farhad Majidi was head coach of Iran's U23 team, but resigned in October. And as you said, you know, replaced by Iranian football legend Hamid Estili. So, but do you feel though that this Iran U23 team is in better shape with Hamid Estili as head coach? Um, I think that you know, considering the coaches that um, the team has been through. Tactically, for sure, the most capable was Cranchar. And um, Majidi was kind of just a waste of time almost. But I think Estili, from a tactical standpoint, is going to bring very little to this team. I think that's pretty much a given. I mean, he doesn't really have any coaching uh, licenses, no real experience with any major teams. But I think what he can bring is a... um, morale boost and give the players from a mental standpoint uh, put them in a position where they can succeed and I think that's pretty much the the only hope that somebody like SC Lee gives is that he's he's a legend of the game in Iran he's been there he was probably the produced the greatest moment in uh, Iranian football history scoring against the winner against uh, the header against the U.S. So I think that um, the hope is that he'll be able to invigorate the team from a mental standpoint. But from a tactical standpoint, it's kind of concerning that somebody with such little tactical nous is going to be leading this team. It definitely will be a challenge, that's for sure. And, you know, one player on this team that I want to talk about is Mohamed Mohebi of Sepahan. And as we know, he's already played for Team Meli, and he even got an assist in the 2-1 loss to Iraq. And you know, he's a, I think he's a very good player. I like what he brings to this team. But does this mean that a lot of pressure is on Mohebi to be a leader for Iran at the Asian U23 Championship? Well, not necessarily. I think, as you mentioned, Mohebi played some good games for the senior team, but he hasn't really been in even the youth uh you know, team set up from the U17 age group to the U20 age group to now the U23. He's never really been a, a part of the setup. And even with Team Medley, it was really kind of random. And he performed well, but I don't think he's like a player that um, has a lot of expectation on him or has a lot of, you know, previous history with the team or with other youth teams. But I think his presence is definitely one of the positives. And he can be a big weapon for the team, for sure. I would like to see what he can do. I mean, of course, we want to see everyone that plays. We, we, we want to see everyone playing well. I mean, that's what needs to be done. And, you know, while we're on this topic, you know, I've, got, I've gone ahead and compiled a list of players to watch. Um, you know, there's some of them, I believe, that are, you know, some very noticeable, especially in, in the top flight of football in Iran. <clears throat> Excuse me. And after talking about Mohebi, I feel like another player who could – I feel like a player who could be um, – of good presence or could be dangerous at the striker position is Mohamed Reza Azadi. He's only 20 years old, plays for Tractor Sazi. And another player that I feel like a lot of people have been talking about and some people are debating, you know, how how good he is, is um, Mehdi Gayadi. He plays for Estiglal. He's only 21 years old. So what would you say about these two players that I just mentioned? Uh, you know, Mohamed Reza Azadi from Tractor Sazi, from Tractor, sorry, I'm sorry. Force of habit and Mehdi Gaidi from Esteglal. 
Yeah, as you mentioned, there are two uh, two uh, interesting players in what is a pretty stacked uh, offensive line for this team. Uh, with the first player you mentioned, Ozodi, he's a interesting player. Uh, I would say he has a similar physique to uh, Sardar Osmoon, who is obviously one of our best players on the senior team. Um, he's lanky, lankier forward, who's pretty quick. Um, He's been good for Traktor in glimpses. I think he's probably their uh, their young player who's played the most minutes. Uh, he provides a good outlet. I think he's, he can link up the play good. He's definitely a dangerous player. But I think he would be more of a secondary option to uh, Alohir Sayad Manesh, who's definitely going to be with the team in Thailand. And, and it's been a struggle for him this year so far in uh, on loan from Fenerbahce to Istanbul for but I think he's still shown that he uh, has a lot of potential and definitely at the youth level he's uh, still a player whose physique will just take him a long way so I think Azadi would be a secondary option to him and give more of a target man um, uh, option to the team uh, with the other player you mentioned, Mehdi, I think that it's a really interesting player because, um, you know, there was a time with the youth team that he was not a starter. And uh, even with, um, you know, in the U20 World Cup, he didn't play regularly. I think he only got some substitute minutes. But in the last year, his career has really taken off. And uh, Andreas Stramachoni at Estherlal has kind of transformed him from a winger to a second striker. And that's really unlocked uh, a lot of his potential. And I think he's one of the top scorers in the league right now. So he could be one of the key players for this team. You know, he's a very small player, but very good technically, very good in small spaces. And um, he has a really good eye for goal, which he's shown. He can finish from outside the box. Um, he has a creative passer and I think he's going to be one of the key players for this team and kind of the, you know, if you're looking for somebody to give you something uh, by himself and produce something by himself, then Qaidi is probably going to be one of the main players for that. Another player I want to mention, and I feel like he's not really talked about very much, and that is Mohamed Mehdi Mehdi Khani, plays for Varajdin in Croatia. I mean, what can you say about about him? I mean, we've heard his name before at, at past youth tournaments, but I feel like lately there's not been a lot of talk about him. Yeah, Mehdi Sonny is definitely um, a player who can be another weapon for this team in the offense. As we keep mentioning, we have a lot of good offensive players on this team. Uh, he's a physical winger forward. He's a very hardworking player. Um, he has a good eye for goal. He's very strong physically. And as you say, he's been playing Croatia pretty regular uh, minutes there, sometimes the right wing back even. And uh, in the U20 World Cup, he was in South Korea a few years ago. He was playing as a center forward, and he scored the opening goal, the winning goal against uh, Costa Rica. And um, he's another one who can give the team, you know, good work both on the ball as a physical target and a willing runner, but also off the ball, he works really hard defensively. So he could be an important player. 
Yeah, I definitely, definitely like what I'm hearing about the players who are doing, who like, like you said, um, this team has a lot of um, options on offense. But, you know, one player I feel like who's disappeared is Reza Shikari. I'm pretty sure he, he, you know, he will be part of this team. But he didn't really get things going at Rubin Kazan, and I believe he's not played that many minutes with Traktor. So, I mean, do you see him possibly having an impact or possibly just maybe only coming off the bench? Yeah, I think as you mentioned, I mean, Shekhari a few years ago was probably the top uh, talent in this age group. I think there's still an argument to be made that he still uh, is one of the top talents in uh, this age group. Um, as you said, I think his spell in Ruben Kazan was difficult for him because his physique definitely didn't match you know, the expectations in the Russian league where... Uh, first of all, his position as an orthodox number 10 isn't really used in the defensive formations that Russian teams um, kind of rely on. But he was still able to get some minutes there. He mainly played with the youth team, and he trained with the first team. He had one particular outing that I remember watching uh, where he came on for the entirety of the second half versus uh, Zenit St. Petersburg where he was one of the best players on the field. so he, And that was you know a few years ago. So he definitely has that potential in him. And as you mentioned, it hasn't worked out at truck door. He hasn't, he's been behind, obviously, Dejogah and Shojoi in the creative midfield spots. But at least for this team, uh, I think he's still going to be a key player because they don't really have another orthodox number 10. And he started pretty much all the friendly matches and played pretty well. So I think, you know, his passing ability, his eye for goal, his calmness on the ball, which I think is one of the few Iranian midfield players, especially in this age group, that has the ability to put his foot on the ball and kind of dictate the tempo a little bit. That's all going to be key if this team is going to do well. And another player I would like to mention, I mean, Yunus Delphi plays for Charleroi. Do you believe, is there a possibility he could be part of this team or is it, would it be very um, unexpected for Charleroi to release him for this tournament? Yeah, I think Delphi, obviously, as you mentioned, is a really talented player uh, moving to Europe so early on. Last year, he even, uh, you know, was getting some good minutes when he moved in January to Charleroi and scoring some good goals. And um, I think both his previous coach, uh, Felix Mazou, and now Karim Belhossin have both said that he's a, you know, a top talent. And he struggled a lot with injury this year, which is kind of to be expected considering he moved, to, moved from Iran at the age of 18 and adjusting to a European league, uh, European training uh, is going to take some time, especially considering he has a kind of skinnier frame. And so that's kind of to be expected. We saw a similar thing with uh, Ali Bolizade when he first moved from Saipod to Charleroi. But I guess the question is if he's going to be making this tournament considering his recent injury issues. He just returned uh, to the um, training uh, on the pitch and he's been out for a while with some various injuries. So I think this tournament may just come too early for him. And I doubt that Charleroi would be ready to release him for such a, uh, you know, important tournament when he's just recovered from a long-term injury. It definitely makes sense. I mean, of course, 
us Iranian football fans, you know, supporting whether it's Team Ameli or you know, or um, Iran's U23 team, uh, commonly known as Team Omid, <clears throat> we always want to see the best players on the pitch. But yes, um, you know, making the very good points. I think it's obviously not expected that he would be part of that squad. And you know, it's, we've mentioned it already. A lot of good options on offense. You know, whether it's the striker position, forward, you know, as a, or as wingers. But, you know, who are the best defenders for this U23 Iran squad? Yeah, I think the defense is going to be what's going to make or break this team. And, um, you know, at the moment, it seems like it's going to be more likely to break this team. In terms of personnel, uh, I think the best defenders individually are probably Arif Akulami from Estaklal and... Uh, Possibly Taha Shariati from Saipa, both of whom are not with the team at the moment. Golami had like a disagreement with the management in the previous camp in Indonesia. He wasn't called up for the latest camp in Qatar. Taha has had some injury issues with Saipa and hasn't fully regained the form that he showed and the promise that he showed in the U-17 World Cup where he was chosen in the best 11 of the tournament. But um, I think he can definitely, you know, if he is fit, contribute as the one of the starting center backs. So not having those two in the team is definitely um, leaving Estili with a lot of problems. And I think one of the main issues has been the personnel at the back, you know, how who is going to play in in that back four. And it's not going to be a settled back four because just two weeks before the tournament, he's still experimenting with a bunch of different defenders, two of whom um, haven't even been called up to the team before this latest camp in Qatar. So it's going to be really, I mean, a toss-up, really, of who he's going to play. It seems that he's leaning towards playing Nuraf Khan at centre-back which uh, I think is pretty concerning because he's not a centre-back by trade and uh, he's much better. I mean, he's probably the best defensive midfielder on this team by far. And so losing his presence in the midfield where he's been performing really well with Sepo Hong and uh, then putting him out of position in the back where he's not strong doesn't seem like it's going to lead to a successful outcome. But I think that's what is most likely going to happen. And, uh, I mean, hopefully he's able to show uh, a huge improvement in performance levels. But, I mean, next to him, there's also the possibility that at fullback, somebody like Derek Schoenmeh, who was quite solid in the U-20 World Cup a couple of years ago, could come back into the team. And he would provide a pretty solid option there. But as you mentioned, it's a pretty unsettled back four. And I don't think anybody knows who exactly is going to start versus Uzbekistan. Well, like we always say, you know, we have to just wait and see. But yes, I do agree with you on the possible. I do agree with you on the question marks involving Iran, Iran involving Iran's U23 uh, back line. And it is, it is something to really to think about because, you know, the truth, like you said, like you said, with Omid Nurafkan playing as a center back, that really doesn't really come off as the as really the best idea. But you know, there's only pretty much nothing we could do. All we gotta do is wait and see how this goes. 
And we are getting ready to wrapping up this edition of TMLE Talk. And you know, to, fin- to, get, to finish this off, though, you know, earlier you mentioned um, Alayar, Syed Manish. And in, in, in earlier I mentioned also you know, whether or not Mohammed Mohebi would have lots of pressure to, to be one of the leaders. But do you feel that Syed Manish will have... Well, do, you, do you believe that maybe Syed Manish will be like that X factor? I mean, because he's a very good player... And he's scored for Iran before at the senior level. So, do you feel like he is that player who could really make that big difference for uh, team for team Omid at, in in Thailand? Yeah, I think Alahior is going to be important for this team. I think he, if anything, has more pressure on him than Mohed B, considering you know he's gone to Europe and um, kind of struggled so far in his first season, which I think is actually to be expected. But. Uh, uh, you know, he's had, there's definitely been a lot of talk about that. And obviously, considering his extraordinary performances at the U17 World Cup, there's a lot um, expected from him in that center forward role. But I would say that probably the key player for this team is going to be Reza Shekari or Mehdi Gabaydi, as they are kind of um, players from slightly deeper in the midfield, more attacking midfield roles. So I think that him and Shekari, Shekari's passing ability, that's going to be really key for this team's success. I will just say, generally speaking, um, overall, for this team to be successful, if they are to progress through this group and go further on in the tournament, I think offensively, the tools are there. You know, we've mentioned the players. You have the likes of Qaidi, Shekari, Alohior, Mehdi Khani, um, possibly Delphi, and uh, Mohamed Reza Azadi. So you have good uh, offensive players that are really good individually. And for this age group, on the Asian level, they should be able to trouble any defense. But the question will be if Estili and the coaching staff can get the team to just be in a solid shape off the ball and defend as a unit and um, find a settled back four that is able to do the basics. And if they're able to do that, then I think the quality on offense is going to be able to win games by itself. Uh, But I think there's a lot of questions on if this team is going to be able to defend as a collective unit, if SC Lee has the tactical knowledge to even, uh, you know, fix those underlying problems that have, plagued Iranian youth teams for so long and even plagued the senior team for so long before uh, Carlos Kairosh came to Iran. So something that's kind of endemic to our football is uh, the inability to be a cohesive unit on the defensive end. And uh, if that problem is able to be at least solidified, then the team has a chance of going through. All right, excellent explanation. I think what you said was very important when you mentioned being able to play together as a unit on defense and off the ball. I think those will be the really, really huge keys. And you know, like we've been saying before, we expect the offense to do its job, but it's but overall it's going to be tough though. And like we said, these matches will take place uh, January 9th against Uzbekistan, January tw- January 12th against South Korea, and January 15th against China. So we're just about ready to sign off. But real quick, uh, Sahand, what's your prediction? That first game, Iran versus Uzbekistan, we got to have some kind of entertainment with this. What's your prediction for that one? I think the match will probably end in a scoring draw. 
Uh, I don't see Team Mel, uh, Team Omid able to keep a clean sheet, uh, but I think that there's enough quality on offense to uh, trouble the Uzbek back line. And um, with a scoring draw, I mean, it's going to be difficult to uh, it'll you know go and win the next two matches, obviously against the favorite South Korea. But at least it will leave them still in the competition, whereas a loss, as we mentioned earlier, would just be the end of the tournament already. All right, and for, for me, I'm going to just go ahead and say the prediction 2-1 Iran against Uzbekistan. I think it would be one of those come-from-behind wins where they just find a way to score a late goal. And with that, it's time to wrap up this edition of Team Elitak. Sahand, I'd just like to thank you once again for joining us on the show. Always great to have you. Great to be on, Art. Thank you. And as always, make sure you find us on social media. You know the handle, at Team LA Talk. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. Check out our Tumblr blog, and also be on the lookout for our latest YouTube videos coming up. And you can also visit our website, www.teamelitalk.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this edition of Team LA Talk. I'm your host, Artif Tahari. We'll see you next time. This is Omid Nazari and uh, you are listening to Timely Talk.